everyone, and welcome to the Australian Hope to Culture podcast. I'm your host, Jason. And I'm your co-host, Luke. Yeah, mate. Yeah, good. I almost jumped the gun then. I was like, going to ask you how you're going. <laughs> hey, feel free to jump the gun anytime you want, mate. <laughs> Episode 23. I know. It's almost half a year. Time flies when you're having fun, so they say. I know. Hey, I can't it doesn't feel it. like it. Yeah. <laughs> it only feels like 10 episodes. Oh, well, that's just our newbie brains when it comes to this whole podcasting world, right? Like, we're still just kind of exactly right. flying by the seat of our pants, so they say. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That is exactly right. What's new, mate? Oh, dude, I've got so much new. I'm actually kind of glad. We, we had a guest lined up for tonight who still might come on at a later date, but unfortunately, they've had to uh, postpone for the temporary moment, and I'm actually glad because I felt like we haven't chatted in a long time. So, yeah, I've got a whole it Feels head. like it. Yeah, like it probably hasn't been. It's probably only been two weeks, but yeah. Well, we usually chat every day on online, like on Messenger. But even the last few days, we haven't really spoke. We've both been. I've been busy, so yeah. I mean, I had the last week off. Last week off. The week before, like moving house and yeah, smashing the shit out of my body doing that. But yeah, everything's pretty much in. I got a snake rack, and that's about it. So awesome. Yeah, you staying there now full time? Uh about four nights a week at the moment. Four nights a yeah. week at the moment, so it's not not too bad. But no, that's all right. I'm enjoying it. I've got a little bit more time to tinker around with things, and you know, start noticing a plant's dehydrating or something like that. You get that extra three seconds to water it or whatever. You know, it's just yep. yeah, the little things, little little things. But now I'm starting to, starting to kind of go through things and change things up, and um, I don't know, just perfect it because it's now my place. You know, so it's. And you're there all the time and you can see it. Like It's not like you're in between houses and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Like even today I went to, to office works before coming home and went and got all my posters laminated Like so they're all nice nice in a matte finish too so it's not like super glossy or anything either. So I still need to do that. Yeah. I, I hung three of them just before we hopped on here and it looks bloody fantastic. I'm super stoked. How many did we get again? Was it three? But you've obviously got that extra one. Uh, as no, well. we got four. So we got the oh. we got the Nephorus poster, uh, the Strophorus, the Begonia one, and also the Saltuarius. So yeah, we've got four. Yep. But the the Saltuarius and the Agonia one, they're actually a little bit smaller than the Nephorus and the Strophorus. So they're actually going to go on like the the entry to the the doorway underneath my frog yes, frog canvas. So I'm going to put them there. And then the, the poster that I got off Josh as well, I got that laminated at the same time, and that's above my, my Nephorus and my Strophorus one with all the Central Australian goannas. So, yeah, that looks pretty cool up there. Yeah, no, you sent me that picture before. It looked unreal. Yeah. Where, where I was like, oh, I completely forgot mine. Like, mine are still rolled up. I'm like, oh, crap, I need to laminate mine. I've got a few other things I need to get laminated as well. So might make a trip to office works on the weekend so. yeah i was, I was going to get them framed but at the same time i'm like you know what like the wall space that's here i kind of measured it up and i'm like by the time i add a frame onto there i'm only going to get one in one spot whereas at least this way i can kind of have yeah. a, a few of them side by side and stuff so it just makes it makes use of the wall so yeah um something else that i actually came up while i'm talking about decorating with posters and stuff i don't know if you can see it behind me you probably can't but i got like these sheets of like they're like little thin sheets of black aluminium. It's like an. Is that what it is? I thought they were sheets of core flute or something. Oh, those ones there. Yeah, that's core flute. Sorry, but uh, on okay. the ground behind me, I, I in my previous fish tank, my saltwater tank, I had like this aluminium light hood that was like a aluminium composite board, and it was like white on one side and black on the other. 
Yeah. And uh, I was kind of like tidying up in this room the other day and I found found our box of like sticker stickers from the podcast and found some of like Tyson stickers and some of my Beach of Scaly Beast stickers and stuff. And I'm like, I'm actually yeah. I'm actually gonna make like a sticker board out of one of those That's a good idea. one of those aluminium pieces. So I can cover it in stickers and it's not all over a wall or anything, and I can just have that attached to the wall. And as I kind of get, you know, herp related stickers and stuff, then I can have it on this nice blackboard in here. Yeah. That'd look sick. Yeah, it's just something different. I've got some stickers that coming in the mail, so I'll send you one of mine. I'll give you one of my next one I say it. Oh, with the new logo? Yeah. Yeah, I love that logo, man. That's a killer logo. So hopefully they come off actually because they come from America, so um they should hopefully be here anytime soon. Who do you get? Hopefully I've been by? delivered to the wrong house. Sticker mule. Oh, okay. So it's um yeah, no, it's a pretty like fair decent price because obviously I got the podcast ones made on um vistaprint but um sticky mule is about the same price but you can do like die cut ones so if you know if you don't have a, a square or a circle it actually cuts out to the shape of your logo or whatever you've got so that's cool. you know it's pretty handy yeah. so i might have to get a few of those made up seeing so i've got a uh, a new logo on the way yeah i was gonna that's what i was gonna say i didn't want to say anything just in case you didn't want to say anything so no well after i'll look good with that one after seeing your logo and um I think Fryzy got one as well, Fryzy's Reptiles. He got one made yep. up with a Kimbo and something else hanging off his logo. So I reached out. To, I think it's a Amy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I reached out to, to Luke Glenn Denning from Serpent Aesthetics and said, hey, I think it's about time I pull the trigger <laughs> on one of these bad boys and, you know, get one of these made up. And he's like, yeah, I've got you covered. It's like, I think you need to redo your banner. I, I wanted to kind of keep the banner because that's kind of yep. been my thing for a long time now. So pretty much keeping the banner very similar to what it is and, and he's done a little cheeky gill and I hanging off it. So that looks good. I'm stoked. That'll come up good with those stickers, I reckon. So hopefully I should get actually hopefully they didn't get because the posties in my area have been so shocking lately. Like there's a um like a, a community page that, you know, everyone joins in when you move into a new community. Yeah. And um basically everyone's posting up pictures of you know, if this is your house, can I please have my parcel? <laughs> so the posties have just been dropping parcels at random houses. So hopefully that hasn't happened with my – but I haven't got a notification to say, you know, it's been delivered or anything like that. So That's pretty rough, hey? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Our guys usually are pretty good, but, um, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. Australia Post, you know, they're under the pump at the moment because everyone's at home. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to say it's yeah. one of those times. It's pretty brutal at the moment. Like Dan and I did, we did a um, IKEA order probably two weeks ago, and it's not yep. due until the twenty first of October. Far out. Yeah, it's like it's only over the hill over there. We can't go there right now, but you know, and it's all simple stuff too. It's just like couch cushions and you know, yeah homely items but at the same time it's just kind of aggravating to go man that sucks you know we already paid it's it's probably like a 20 minute drive realistically yeah at the moment without traffic yep and we still have to pay 70 dollars postage but for what <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, crazy what do you do that is crazy it's little filler crows going off tonight I was about to say, they got a little bit of ambience in the background yeah it's not him it's the crickets the crickets aren't too bad at the moment I think I'm waiting on a whole bunch to come into work. I just ordered about another 3,000, so I'll keep me going for another fortnight. 
Yeah, I know. You fly through them, don't you? Yeah. I don't miss those days, to be honest. Especially with all these Gillens monitors waking up and getting ready and yeah, you know, trying to put on some weight and stuff. And yeah, it's 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 so surreal being here now and actually just being able to go. Oh, I'll just walk into this room and check this out. Oh, there you are. <laughs> you know, like I'm just walking yeah. around in my pajamas of a nighttime, herping in my room. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good because I get home from work now, you know, and like if it's been a big day, I'll go crack a beer, and then obviously the kids will be playing in the yard, and then. I'll open the door and come in and just check everything out. And now, like the sun, my son comes in and we'll feed the forest dragons, like tong feed them and stuff like that. And he insists on feeding them off the tongs. He doesn't know how to use a set of tongs. He just holds them open and this and that. And then argues with me when I try and close them to hold a cricket or something like that. But yeah, he comes down, feeds them, absolutely loves it. You know, they're smashing crickets off tongs and mealworms and roaches. And yeah, he just loves it. So he definitely doesn't have a fear of cockroaches like his mother, (laughs) you know, like open something. He's trying to pick them up with his fingers and feed them with his fingers. I'm like, no, mate, don't feed them with your fingers just yet. (laughs) Wait till you're a little bit older. (laughs) No, not when your fingers already look like a worm, you know. Yeah, exactly. He's only got little fingers. um, (laughs) Yeah, he loves them, eh? Loves the frogs. He's just, yeah, obsessive. But my daughter's actually like way more obsessed so she was down there the other day and had the enclosure open and I was feeding them. And every time she saw them, like, take the, the crickets off the tongue, she was just, like, like shaking her arms and jumping up and down. Like, she was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. So Got all excited. Yeah. Good. It, you know, gives the missus a bit of a break. She's been with them all day and I bring them down here and we just spend a bit, like, half an hour down here just looking at things and feeding them and this and that. So it gives her a bit of a break for the day. And then I get to spend a bit of time down here with a beer and them, so it's good. Yeah, and that's it's all valuable time, right? And that's all memories you guys are going to create together and stuff. You know, for you, that's going to be like really cool to watch them grow up and develop an interest. And for them, you know, that's something that they'll be able to tell later on if they do continue on with an interest and be like, yeah, dad used to do this and dad used to do that. Yeah. yeah it's that kind of, yeah, handed down passion. No, hundred percent. Like I don't know where I got my passion from for them. It just kind of must have come out of nowhere. But you know, they they'll grow up with them and this and that. So um, he's yeah. I've just got to like, cause I'll I'll get the like I took the boys out the other day and had one just sitting on my hand and this and that. And he was like, he was he was patting it and feeling its spikes and this and that. But I've just got to watch him because he goes to be a bit little bit heavy handed. So I'm like, no, mate, you can't you can't do that. So yeah. But just loves them. It's so good. It's so good watching kids interact with animals. Like both both our kids just are obsessed with animals. Yeah. Like the dog, the cat, the bird, the reptiles. Yeah. They're just obsessed. Yeah. I mean, so. obviously I'm I'm yet to to have a kid of my own, but at the same time I've got a couple of young nephews and it's always cool, you know, when they were obviously this COVID break, I haven't seen them in a long time. But you know, they'd come and see the fish tanks and just be like glued to the fish tanks and you know, so yeah. just watching these things and you're just watching these little eyes light up and get so intrigued by things. And, you know, <laughs> Darcy, the, one of my young nephews, he'd always love touching the bearded dragon and that. And he'd take one look at the, the snakes and go, Unky, Lukey, I know touch. <laughs> He's not ready for the snakes <laughs> yet. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's to see how my son goes with snakes. Um, he's got like. He's with, there's a few movies that have snakes in him. He's not scared of him. He's always kind of, you know, oh, a snake. And my daughter's got this like, it's like this spirally thing that kind of wraps around the pram handle in front of him. 
but he calls it a snake and he's like, he just plays with it 24 seven. He's like, Oh, where's my snake? Where's my snake? Where's my snake? So be interesting to see, you know, if I get some pythons, what he actually does, like whether he's, you know, intrigued by them or if he's a little bit scared or whatnot. But yeah. obviously, you know, if he's scared, I'm not going to force him in his face. I said, that's all right, mate. Like I'll just, you know, take him away from the situation. But yeah, just be interesting to see what he's actually like with them. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will clarify too that I've never actually gotten a snake out for him to touch. Like he just he's yeah. just looked at him and going, "Nah, that's not me." You know, like it's you know, it's just he's decided that. But it's funny because like you, when when this particular moment happened, we were talking about a, a rough scale that was just sitting on top of a ledge, probably asleep, like did not move, did not make a, like any sort of movement whatsoever. Yet Loki like bomb charges the glass and is like at the glass like this, and he's just like just doesn't even flinch, just watching her. You know, so yep. it's kind of weird just how how kids react to different things like that. Hey, yeah, it's just yeah. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it's kind of you know the way they were raised, whether they're scared of snakes or whether it's actually some type of you know fear that comes from a little bit back years and thousands of years ago kind of thing. So, well, yeah, I mean, I'm talking, you know, this this kid's probably the same age as your son. But how old's your son now? Two. He's two. He's almost three. He's three in February. So yeah, so that's. My, my nephew's three in October, so very yep. similar age. And, like, he's only ever come into our garage. You know, there's never been a negative experience with snakes, so to speak. Mm. But And I've never gotten anything around out with him around because, obviously, he's only a little fella, so I get a bit scared with some of the bigger things. And Yeah, exactly. For anything to go well, I'd still be scared, even if I had, like, roughies or something like that. Like, yeah, if I put him on the lawn or something like that, I wouldn't let him go too super close just in case, you know, kids are like, they'll just grab and this and that. You have to kind of teach him, but yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. Actually, I take that back. I did get a diamond python out on the lawn with him and I gave him a hook. So he would have, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was very, very, loved it, very, very supervised and he did just stand there and he just watched it, you know, but yeah, yeah. That, and the diamond python couldn't give two shits about him. He was just kind of like, hey, I've got freedom. I'm going into this tree, you know. But yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's the only experience that he would have had with a snake out of the enclosure. But yeah. No, all in good fun. Oh, you got Loki all moved in now? Yeah, she's in. The big troublesome. She, yeah, yeah. she. <laughs> got to get used to that. It still weirds me out. She, yeah. she was digging in her nest yesterday. And I was watching it at like a hawk thinking, is she doing it again? Like, I don't think she is gravid, but, you know, is she? So, yeah, yeah she's been very ravenous. Did you set up any heat or anything in there or are you, or you going to set up that, you know, a little bit different than the way you had it? Because now you know she's a girl. No. So, the, originally, um, I don't know if you'd ever caught it. I'm assuming not. But originally in the build, because Loki was reasonably small when I transferred her into this big enclosure, I actually kind of went above and beyond making sure there was like heated hide spots and stuff like that for her just in case she yeah. did get really cold in the garage. So yeah. that little kind of nest box chamber, that's actually got a heat cord sandwich between tiles in there set to, I think it's 29 degrees or something. Actually, I do remember that, yeah, but it, you just you let it dry out though. That was the issue, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Like previously, I'd, I'd, I'd just let it stay warm more than anything and that's why those yeah. eggs would have desiccated pretty quickly. Um, this time round, yes, yeah, so I'll keep the soil a little bit more. A little bit more moist and I've kind of that big log that was resting on it too I kind of used like a little angle bracket just to kind of like lift it up off there so I can actually just open up the box and give it a hosing if yep. I need to or check on anything just in case she's been in there but 
yeah. Yeah. I reckon she might be cycling again because she's absolutely ravenous at the moment. Like I, I can barely go in the enclosure without her <laughs> charging me at the moment. So, Jeez, that would be pretty cool, some partho. Some partho clutch. Can only hope, right? Can only yeah. Hope. I'll give it a shot. You know, there's no, no harm in it. Worst case, the head goes bad and I toss it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly right. It's not going to hurt anything. She's obviously going to do it anyway. Yeah, especially on the, yeah, that's right. You're not going to be able to stop it. So, especially on the wicket that I feed her. <laughs> she had breakfast this morning, and my wife was like, "She can't eat all that, surely." And I'm like, "You want to bet that that'll be gone in 30 seconds?" She had a wrap, a rat, a two prawns, a chunk of scallop, and a little fish fillet. That's like seafood buffet. Yeah, surf and turf, mate. Yeah, <laughs> but um, jeez, that'll last her probably three, four days. Yeah, oh, that's right. Good food at the end of the day too. Like you know, it's good variety. Yeah, that's right. That's one of the main things with some of the monitors too, especially the larger ones. Not so much the smaller ones, but um. yeah. Well, you know, and as I've alluded to in the past, you know, it's easy to get trapped in that kind of cycle where you just, you know, oh, there's rodents in the freezer. I'll just toss all those in there. You know. Yeah. It's not too bad at the moment. I've actually got another bucket of yabbies already outside in the courtyard. So, you know. <laughs> Mate, your courtyard will be looking like a zoo soon. Your neighbours are like, what's going on in this house? Yeah, well, we've got the lizard pit all sorted now, so that's one less yep. thing I have to do, which is awesome. That turned out really well, that pit. Yeah, I'm super stoked with it, hey. Super, super stoked. Yeah, he sent me a picture. That was just an eBay special, wasn't it, that that pit? Yeah, so it's just a garden bed that I got off eBay. It's um, I think the dimensions on it are 1.6 metres by 80 by 80 centimetres. So it's yep. a pretty decent little size box, but... I made like a, a, a two-part lid for the top of it essentially just out of some H3 pine and some mesh and stuff that I had kicking around the old place and a bit of clear corrugated roofing and some shade cloth. Mm. So I'll um some stage I'll chuck up a video to it, no doubt. But it's uh it's pretty good. I like the design because it's kind of like the lids like lift in and out, which is, you know, Sometimes you'd think it's annoying and, you know, I kind of get that. But at the same time, it's kind of too hard to make it hinge just where it was and I can't exactly just yeah. be banging on the fence all the time with a, a hinged lid or anything. So, But the way it kind of is, is essentially like two-thirds open top, one-third covered in with the corrugated roofing on the top. And mm. I went with the clear corrugated roofing too because I figured I could just shade that super easy during summer. But then during yeah. winter, if you wanted to kind of either magnify heat or let in more light, then you could have that kind of like be open essentially to sunlight. Yeah. You could just get some shade cloth, like dark shade cloth and cover it over or, you know, a tarp or something like that. Yeah, well, that's what I've done. So essentially I've got a, a shade cloth that's zip tied to one end of the enclosure that's kind of at the moment just because it's a bit warmer. I've got it permanently over that that uh, waterproof side and then yeah. it's long enough that I can drag it over the whole thing if I need to. And I've also got yeah. so much corrugated roofing left that it's enough to cover up the whole box too and i can just weigh it down with a couple of tiles essentially so you know yeah. big downpour like i think we had a bit of rain the other night or whatever so i just went out there and just covered the whole thing up just so then it didn't get too wet inside the box and hmm. yeah cunningham's in the bluey are in there so they seem to be doing all right Perfect. they were hissing the hell out of me yesterday so yeah nothing's changed <laughs> <laughs> i bet you're stoked though to finally have a majority of your stuff in there but yeah a lot of the big stuff because all your lizards are there now too, aren't they? All the lizards are here. Everything that's yeah, yeah, everything with legs is here. The only well, I say that the turtles are still back home, but 
we still got to figure out what we're doing there. I don't know what we're going to do or whether you're taking them or whether I can get Andrew to babysit them for a bit or whatever, but we'll figure something out. Um, I'm just going to build a pond. I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. I just got to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Digging a hole. That's the thing you got to do. Yep. Just start that. My front yard has two holes in it at the moment that I've got to – I've got to do a few things with the front, like where I, where I was planning on putting it. So yeah, but um, it's not too like I've just got to get the time to do it. That's the biggest thing. No, all in due course, dude. Like at the end of the day, like they're they're quite happy where they are right now, and it's not going to be the end of the world if they stay there. And my father-in-law throws in pellets a few times a week. You know, it's not hmm. not the end of the world. And as I said, worst case, Andrew put his hand up for for babysitting them, so I'm more than happy to take him up on that offer. That's all right. Yeah, trouble would be. But no, definitely, I'm okay. You'd have we'd have to go down and have a bit of a beer with Andrew if they did go to his place though, just because that's always fun. Getting... Might be a good idea to let him go to his his place. Maybe I should <laughs> for a bit so I can go down there. Yeah. I'll probably come home with more than just your turtles. Well, that's the problem. He gets <laughs> he gets the old pool net out, and you don't know what you're dragging up off the bottom of those ponds. Yeah, yeah, they have some nice ponds. Yeah, he sent pictures through. So if I had like. I've got a few things. So yeah, I'm tossing out what we want to do with this place, whether we do an extension and basically build a new shed. I don't know if I spoke about it last week or the week before. Build a new shed, like a new office and move this and basically where this is, eventually put a pool in for the kids in a couple of years. So just trying to work out. Obviously, we want to do the extension on the house because it's only a small house and this and that. So we're just trying to work out what we want to do and everything else. So I'd like to build a new, a new shed. Basically, this 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 will get knocked down. Yeah. And build a new shed, like a nicer one, a bit further over, a little bit bigger. Yeah. Not too much bigger, but just a little bit bigger. And then, yeah, what are we a little bit of a higher roof though, because I can almost touch the roof sitting on the chair I'm on now. Actually, I can touch the roof. That's short. Yeah, it's too. It's literally a standard door, because I like it was a garage with a peaked roof, and I just built like a because it was like it's a tin roof. It just gets scorching hot in summer, so I built a roof basically straight across the bottom. Yeah. Okay. So that insulated like the crap out of it all. That would be short then. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm just looking at my enclosures, going, no way. You know, like I'm. Oh no! Like I could only get so on the racks. I could only get two sixty high exoterras and a forty five high exoterra. Um, obviously with a gap that you get like the way the shelves adjust. Yeah. So there was like a space of probably a hundred mil above each enclosure. That's mental. So, yeah, that's mental. I, it worked. I made it work. Well, that's it, right? You just got to make the space work for you. I feel like no matter what you do when you got reptiles, it's just a constant game of Tetris. Yeah. And, yeah, like the thing, like when you first start out, you want everything. And then I'm just kind of just happy to just get the few target species that I want and just have nice large enclosures and that's 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 it. So Yeah, that's, uh, that's still my downfall. I still kind of... You know, I, I think my problem is, is I've got a lot of good friends in the hobby. They're like, hey, I think you should have this or, you know, <laughs> we need to trade for this or something like that. It's like, ah, yep, I do want that. I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I'm going to make it work. Yeah, that's definitely the thing when you've got a lot of things is trades. Like if you want something and someone wants what you've got, you know, like it's just it's so easy mm. and you end up with extra stuff. And especially when you start having eggs and getting hatches out and stuff. Yeah. Like your numbers just go through the roof. And then, you know, if there's something you've been wanting for a while and you've been chatting with someone and they've got something else, like that trade comes up and you're like, oh, 
well, yeah, maybe, maybe I could go some of them, you know, yeah. and then you just end up doing the trade and yeah, it's just the way it goes really. But it's a rabbit yeah, hole. I'm just going to keep, yeah, that's exactly right. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to keep to, you know, the couple of things I want and there might be a few things that sneak in here and there and, but I just, yeah, I don't want to go yeah, too big like I was before. I, I can appreciate the fact that you haven't just jumped in full ball again either. Oh yeah. And I could have, but yeah, I've like, I've tracked a few things down that I wanted that I'm still like, yeah, still tracking down, but then there's obviously a couple of other things that I want to get, but you know, I don't know. I've, I've kind of been bitten by the frog bug though. Yeah. That does seem to be a bit of Man. your downfall. Oh, yeah. I've just been like on a mad like, same like my, my wife goes to bed pretty early of a night time now because we've obviously we've got the two kids. So I get my son down. She'll go to sleep with my daughter. She'll go to bed like 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8.30ish. And I usually go to bed about 9.30. So I've got like an hour where I am just basically watch YouTube now. So I've just gone down like these rabbit holes of like, frog enclosures and i've watched a bunch of you i've watched a few of your old videos as well <laughs> don't do that <laughs> from years ago <laughs> but um yeah i've just gone down these rabbit holes of um yeah and i've yeah, just basically like frogs man did you get really no, addicted, something about frogs did you get really addicted to um troy goldberg stuff oh yes yeah uh, yeah I've, I've followed him on instagram for ages i think you asked me if I followed him maybe back when we started the yeah, podcast yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm not too sure, but it turned out I was following him, I think, or maybe I did follow him then. I can't remember. I might have seen him. But, yeah, his videos are unreal. Obviously, their enclosure is a little bit different setup than what, you know, ours would be. Oh, but, 100%. Um, but it's all relevant. Dart frogs. Yeah, 100%. You could still technically set up an enclosure the same way and keep frogs, but, you know, I try to, like, basically just want to have them kind of look like where they're from almost kind of thing. Yeah. I think that was one of my... But that's just personal preference. That was my biggest kind of downfall with them, I reckon, is because I did want to follow his style so much because his stuff is just really amazing to look at. Like all the oh, yeah, plants and everything in there just are so perfectly kept. Yeah. And when you see a whole wall of it together too... Which is like yeah. all the colors in the plants, all the sorts of different shapes all and the stuff. the bromeliads and stuff like that. and Yeah, all the aroids and philodendrons and mm. all that sort of stuff. Like it's just so cool. But then you come to the Australian stuff and you're like, you don't live in anything like this. You live in like a little no. sandstone puddle essentially, you know, like it's... Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With a couple of weeds and reeds growing here and there. Like Yeah. Like I've got... I found... I can't remember what it was. One of the frogs at the front of my place was just in a bucket of water yeah. with some leaves in it. Like, you know, pretty naturalistic enclosure you can make real simple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just put a bucket in an exoterra, fill it with water, chuck some leaves in it, and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but, you know, like some of our stuff, like you can make it look really good. But actually, some of the, some of the best enclosures that I ever saw Oh, I'm struggling. We're probably going to shout at the same person here because I saved a bunch of pictures the other day. I don't. On... I don't know if it's going to be the same person. I can't remember his surname, but he used to work at Kellyville Pets, and his first name was Jake. And okay, maybe it's not. I went to his house. What did I get from him? I bought a pair of filler crow off him, and I went to his place um, at Western Sydney or whatever. And his house was like this little display room. And it was just like, wow. you know how my stuff's all stacked on top of each other? Like it's all together sort of thing. It was nothing like yep. that. He had like 
beautiful timber stands to every enclosure. And it was kind of like every enclosure at least had a division of, you know, 50 centimetres between it before the next one sort of thing. And it was only one enclosure high with, and it would have like light hoods and all sorts to it. And I'm talking like exoterras and reptile one enclosures, but like he had all this amazing carpentry around every single enclosure and he had things, you know, like white-lipped tree frogs, red-eyed tree frogs, common eastern froglets, boyd forest dragons. He had the spinifex hopping mice. Like he just had all this stuff, but it was just so nicely looked after. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember who who it was I saved. I think it was. Um, I don't actually know the person, but I think it was. Uh, what was it? Let me see. Was it black? Black Snake Productions or something like that. I know that name. Yeah, um, I can't remember the, the actual guy's name. Like, on obviously on one of the frog Facebook pages, he yep. um he had posted a picture of his enclosure there, and it was just like, yeah, it was a lot of like moss and natural branches and stuff that obviously he said he collected locally. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just unreal. I can't remember the guy's name. Pretty sure it was Black Snake Productions. Oh yeah, the Red Facebook. Eye and Perrin's Tree Frog Enclosure. I'm just looking at That's it on the Instagram one, yeah. now. Yeah. Oh yeah, so he's got monsteras, he's got devil's ivies and stuff like that in there. Pothos. And yeah. That. But that that yeah, looks crazy. Sure it looks like parlor palms, begonias. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there that's obviously not Australian. Bird's nest fern. Yeah. But that's that's cool. And there's like all, it looks like probably looks... Java moss and old man's beard and all sorts of moss and stuff hanging off there. Yeah. That's so, obviously, cool. yeah, like a lot of the plants you use aren't obviously native, but, you know, there's something about, I don't know, it just, yeah, it looks awesome. I, I saw that. I was like, that's good. Like, obviously, that's a quite a large enclosure as well. I think this was like a 90 by 90 exoterra. It looks pretty decent size, that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's a cracker. I reckon that's bigger. I like That's. I think that's one of those URS ones, to be honest. Oh, it might be. It looks like it's got sliding rails. Yeah, it does. That's really cool, though. That's really, yeah. really cool. But, um, yeah, like I like like that style. Obviously, I'm not. I'm like I like the bromeliads and stuff like that, but yeah, we're both sitting there probably watching the same video. <laughs> I think we are. I feel bad for our yeah. listeners because we're just sitting here, kind of in admiration of this stuff. But at the same time, it's really, really cool. So make sure you go and check out Black Snake Productions on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, that's, yeah. That enclosure alone, that's earned my follow. I think it's like the the twelfth twelfth um, post in. But um, yeah, nuts no, a cracker. He posted a, a fair bit on one of the frog pages on um, on Facebook. But um, he actually spoke about um, sterilizing the the moss and stuff he collected because I think he actually maybe lost a few frogs to cit- citrid fungus. Oh yeah, from some stuff he collected out of the bush, I believe. Yeah, um, it's always but yeah, so yeah, so I was just kind of looking at how to basically sterilize moss and this and that to basically get rid of Did he go into it much? Fungus. Yeah, he said, um, I think it was him, um, keeping basically your moss and you put it in like 38-degree water for f- six hours, I think it was, maybe five hours. Yeah. 
obviously the higher the temperature, the lower the time frame and it kills off the fungus. Yeah, okay. Um, and obviously with your sticks and stuff like that, you can just, you know, do a bit of a bleach, water to bleach yep. um, solution and give them a bit of a wash and that'll kill it as well. But, you know, with your moss, you're not going to chuck bleach on your moss. So you soak yeah. it in the water at a bit of a higher temperature. Some plants are a little bit for a couple of hours, a little bit hardier than others. Like I know that if you're, yeah, that's right. A lot of aquatic plants you can just chuck into a bucket of bleach, diluted bleach, um, just to kill like yeah. any sort of algae and snails and stuff like that quickly before you put them into fish tanks. Um, yeah, I've done that plenty of times. It's been all right, but yeah. if you leave it there for too long, it's not. But. Exactly. Yeah, that's one of those things, you know. You got to kind of be a bit wary of at the moment with your frogs. Yeah, with that kind of kicking around. It's kind of excelled a little bit at the moment, so they think it's citrid fungus, but it seems to be really coming out and kicking ass at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping my lo- local little population hasn't been hit by it because I haven't heard them recently. Yeah, it's a little bit disheartening when you don't. Yeah, so I'm hoping we've got a storm coming, I think, tomorrow night, so um, I might have to keep an ear off. I might even go for a bit of a wander down the road tomorrow night once the kids are in bed and take the new flash um, diffuser down and see what I can find just down the road. Have you been testing it out yet? Just around the house. I haven't done too much. Um, once I clean up in here a little bit because I've got crap everywhere at the moment that you can see but no one else can, <laughs> um, I might set up a little like mock-up little setup and just take some pictures of some of the stuff i got here and give it a whirl and play around with some settings and this and that and See how we go. That's cool. So, Speaking about seeing what I can see, I can see a whole bunch of greenery behind you. What's all that about? Yeah. Big trip to Bunnings and the local nursery. So I've got um, two enclosures on the go at the moment for some frogs, obviously, hence the talk about the frog enclosures. So I purchased quite a few plants on the weekend <laughs> from Bunnings and the local nursery. But um, now I'm kind of like, I don't know which ones I'll use, which ones I'll just plant. I've got a couple more tucked over that you can't see at the moment. So a couple of philodendrons and stuff like that. But um, they'll either just be floating around the room just to make the room look nice or they'll actually go in some enclosures, I think. I'm not too sure. So You can always compliment your room, you know, especially if you decide, no, nah, that's not for me or whatever. You're not going to waste a plant. So No, that's exactly right. So, um, But, yeah, I think I've got another the rack over here that used to used to be able to see on the camera but i might even set that up just to put some plants on and once i get some moss and stuff like that i'll collect some moss and sterilize it and put them in some tubs with some lights over it and just try and propagate some of my own moss and stuff so basically i'm not out having to go and collect stuff i can just you know take from my own stuff and i know it's clean i know it doesn't have anything in it and just chuck it in my enclosures and let it grow hopefully oh that's always you know with some plants and that just take some cuttings and stuff and you know, yeah. go from there. I've kind of gone a little bit of a similar route in a sense as well that, you know, um, I'd like to, to start being able to do a lot of that too rather than being, you know, going down to Bunnings or whatever and buying a plant every couple of weeks or something. It'd be awesome for, you know, yeah. especially the plants that you can obviously do it with, you know, like um, uh, what you were talking about, Ficus pamilla earlier before we jumped on. Yeah. And, you know, that's a plant that's pretty common in a lot of the terrariums and, um you know, that's something I went and bought a big basket of it for like, I don't think it cost me, I got it from Flower Power. It was on sale 
from 35 bucks to like 20 bucks and then somehow i had a 10 dollar voucher or whatever on my account there so it only cost me like 10 bucks or something to get this like Bargain. monster pamela pot i'm like I was, yeah. I was gonna throw the whole thing in an enclosure and now i'm going no i'll actually you know propagate some of you and cut your you know, make cuttings and stuff like that and get you rooted in that and then we'll we'll go yeah. from there and i'll pot, pot you around that way so yeah, well, I only got just like one of those little mini pots the um, from Bunning, so I'll see what I can do with that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I love that. I love that ficus. That one. Yeah. Like obviously, you see you see sides of houses covered with it and stuff like that. It looks unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so, you just got to let it not become too invasive in terrariums because otherwise you lose exactly. its shape. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So it needs a good prune every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how they would go with its root systems into like tile pointing and stuff as well. Like whether it would actually start tearing into tile pointing or whether it's just so like aerial supposedly that it won't actually burrow, if that makes sense. I suppose it probably depends on how thick your coat is of tile pointing too. Because you know that that's... But tile like, pointing is pretty thick. Yeah, yeah. And when you're doing three or four coats, I don't think it would go through that. But, you know, you, you, you see like houses that have been rendered or whatever. And then that Pamela goes over the Pulls top. Pulls a render. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, but that could be a dodgy rendering job too. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's always a few dodgy traders out there, right? <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is though. There honestly is. Yep. Some of them aren't even tradies, so. Well, I'm looking at the fan above me now thinking at least this one's whirling around and safe, so. It's not going to fall out of your ceiling. Nah. <laughs> I love these fans, man. They're a good, good investment. I actually sold my last one the other day. Of the, oh, really? Of the ones that I, yeah, I actually got up a hundred bucks. So, oh, that's all right. How good's that? Pulled fans out, bought new fans, you're up a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, and I'm safe. Mm. So I know they're not going to land on my head in the middle of the night. Those things are bloody heavy. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I um, when I was at Bunnings, I bought some more of that Grid Connect stuff too. Did you? What'd you get? Just just power boards though. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you what, I was even thinking of um, maybe chucking one on the um, misking, using the grid connect for the misking. Can you do seconds on it? You could turn it on and off manually. You could do a minute. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, can... I haven't looked too far into it, but you probably could. But I think you can only do minutes. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Oh, mine only come on for 45 seconds anyway, so an extra 15 seconds isn't too much of a... No. Well, I mean... Th- like this this Boyd's enclosure could probably actually use a little bit more. I was... Yeah, because I was playing around with these two enclosures I've got at the moment that I'm setting up now. Yeah. I was thinking that they could actually go a little bit more regular with the misting rather than oh, what I've got set up with the sure. Boyd's. So, so I was just trying to work out, you know, different ways to do things. With the misting system, you can actually buy the pumps, similar pumps from Bunnings. Yeah, yeah. So whether just they're not too expensive either. So whether to just buy a second pump and have that on the grid connect for the frogs. Well, it's not a hard thing because I want to try and grow a bit of moss in these enclosures because I love moss. I reckon it's awesome. Yeah. Well, then I reckon yeah. You if you're doing these frog enclosures and you're doing them with the kind of like foam method that I used as well, aren't you? Yes, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. yeah. So there won't be too much, like, soil, basically. Yeah. Like, obviously, because the foam, you can just basically, the 
yeah, or not chuck it on the on top of the the moss. You can't chuck it on top of the foam. You need a little bit of substrate there, but you know, I won't have deep substrate. Moss. <laughs> that grows anywhere. It does. <laughs> I got some of that too, so <laughs> I'll um chuck some of that in as well. But um, yeah, so I want to try and you know make a little bit more moss, have a little bit of moss growing on some of the branches and stuff like that. So just kind of make it look like the little little bit of forest stuff or rainforest so to speak that's kind of down the road so well then you know the more regular misting that it gets the better like even in this yep. cornutus enclosure behind me that's got a bird's nest fern that's wrapped up in moss and that moss is still alive i've had that going for months now i don't remember when i yeah. made that enclosure but that's been at least four months or something now it could probably use a little yep. bit more water on the moss not gonna lie but it's still kicking so yeah and that was just some random moss i pulled out of my backyard too I don't, even, oh, I don't really? even know what that is. But, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. It works. But, yeah, so I'll probably do some, something similar, whether I set up two miskings or, you know, just get a little bit more water in there compared to the other ones. You could just tee it off the one you got running now, though, couldn't you? Yeah, true. But I want to up the cycle, so the missing yeah, time. Okay. And, and, you know, instead of coming on once a day, I would, I'd have to come on maybe twice a day or something like that. Yeah, and at least the frogs won't care too much if you're doing a little bit of water like that because at least it's not a, a fog, you know, it's a mist. That's, that's right. Yeah, it's a little bit different really. So, and then obviously a couple of other things that I might have connected to the misking won't probably benefit from as much misting as well, so. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good to kind of be able to have that kind of interim in between the two and keep them a little bit yeah. separate in that sense. Did you... I found um, it in some other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm looking at the. I've got the pump up there and the reservoir and under the desk. Yep, I topped that up. The other good, day. Are they? Yeah, they are good. They are good fun. Um, with with the grid connect thing, did you go? Did you get like the actual four point power board this time that you can individually control yes. everything? Yep, and the manual. Like, there's one that's always on. So I've got that one, and I got the other one that's just the um, all four. PowerPoints are just all like the same timer. Yeah. So that'll probably be handy for like UV lights. So I'll probably try and keep all the UV lights to come on at the same time and off at the same time. So I won't have like a all day UV. I think I've spoken about it before. I've only got it on for a couple of hours a day. So I'll just plug all the UV lights into that one. And then on the other board, I'll do, you know, pumps or whatever else. But um, I think I might hook up a fan to this boys enclosure as well, just to get a bit of circulation running through it. So yeah, that's not a bad idea, especially you know considering it's a reasonably sealed box too. You know you could muck around with the heating and stuff like that in there a little bit, and at least that kind of disperses a bit of the air. So yeah, same as when we first jumped on. Like my Boyd's Boyd's fan goes off. I think it goes off one o'clock and eight o'clock every day, just for yeah. I think it goes on for an hour each time, and it's just enough, just kind of yeah. like just get any rid of any stale air inside the box um kind of move it around a little bit but dude i'm loving the grid connect stuff at the moment i was telling you the other day how i was kind of nerding out on it and like all the capabilities of it and i've finally gone ahead and set up the the temperature and the humidity sensors um in, in this yeah. place now and just like the controllability that that has alone when you start going into like the automation side of things is phenomenal. Yep. so i've got like um once you got like the temperature sensors hooked up, you can actually use that as a, a bit of a guide to to tell your power to do certain things under certain circumstances. So, for example, if this room gets to twenty seven degrees, 
that like with the temperature sensor, it'll tell the Boyd's fan to come on automatically. So then I know yep. that that just keeps them that little bit cooler. Um, if the room gets to 30 degrees, it actually shuts power off to everything. So instead of, That's you know, just that little bit of peace of mind. Um, at 28 degrees, I've got it to turn off the heating globes to anything in here, just so then yep. they can still have a light cycle per se um, and still get UV and stuff like that. But they're just not going to get that extra, you know, whack of heat essentially, which realistically is only going to affect the monitors. And by that stage, they've probably already had about six hours of it anyway. Um, yeah. What else have I got? Oh, like if if the area that I live in gets above 31 degrees outside, then it automatically kicks the power off in here. You can set it, you can tell it to send notifications to your phone. So, you know, hey, room's gotten to 28 degrees or whatever like that. And then I can quickly jump into my grid connect cameras as well, just to make sure that everything's gone off as it should be. Just as a fail safe as well. Um, but yeah, I've been mucking around with like the light cycles and stuff a bit at the moment. So I've got like heat globes that come on first thing in the morning and then about half an hour later, the UV kicks in just so it's kind of like that first bit of morning warmth. And then you get that little bit of UV punch after that. And that runs for about four or five hours. And then after that, just the LED kind of comes on just to kind of still mimic that light cycle. And then the the heat kind of kicks off at about four o'clock in the afternoon. But the fact that I've got each of those on an individual Timed out circuit, there. essentially, yeah, you can really muck around with the controllability. It's amazing how far technology's come, like since you know, in the last probably even oh. five years. And it, like this is it just weirds me out about like the power board that we're talking about, forty three bucks. Yeah, the camera. 45 bucks the temperature yeah. sensor the, sorry the temperature sensor i think they're like 20 bucks and you need to buy like a 30 dollar hub so it's not big money you know if you've mm. just got a little kind of you know small collection or something it's easy to fit it out even with a collection my size i think i haven't spent more than maybe four five hundred dollars on the whole thing yeah which is an investment in, in a, yeah know, that's so. right but at the same time if you're like buying power boards and i know you can buy cheap ones for like ten dollars and that but you know, most of your power boards with um, like the RCDs in them are around 20, 30 bucks anyway. So you only spend an extra 10, 15 bucks and you're getting one that you can fully program and set timers on and do whatever you want with. And it takes a full, like a high wattage too. Like I think it's 600, yeah. 600 watts per point. Yeah. So yeah, it's not like, yeah, it, you know, that's that's quite a bit per, per point too. Yeah. It's so, massive. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, the possibility is endless with it, really. You know, well, you go even further down the rabbit hole. It actually can tell you the the. I don't know where it actually gets the information off. I'm assuming it just gets it off the internet or whatever. But the like the sunrise and sunset features of it, you can have yep. like, you can program the lights to come on. You know, say 15 minutes after sunrise and go off 15 minutes before sunset and stuff like that. So it'll match the daylight cycles of the time of year in your location to completely match those, like especially if you're just running something like an LED, for example, right? Yeah. Then that just mimics that perfectly. I mean, obviously, I just want that little bit more control right now until I kind of dial in my electricity bills probably more than anything. (laughs) But once I start getting into winter, that's something that I might actually start utilizing to kind of mimic that just so it's, you know, mimics those shorter days and longer days during the warmer months and stuff. So it's technology, man. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. 
fantastic. Yeah, I'd say I haven't looked too much into it. I've just like I just thought it was handy that you know you can turn lights on and off and this and that. So I haven't actually got any of the temperature hubs or anything like that. But you're going to have I'll to definitely get some down the line. Oh, yeah, for dude, sure. Like just for sure. especially with summer coming up. Like this is just like yep. this is half the reason why I did it. It was just that kind of peace of mind. You know, especially after the shitty year that I had last year with the with the blotches and the outdoor lizards. I mean, obviously that's a completely different ball game, but to know and have that little bit of peace of mind of the stuff inside. Yeah. That's going to be, I should have spent more. This is the only other thing. I should have spent more money on the fans. So then I had the fans in here controllable as well. Like the actual yep. ceiling fans. Cause I think it was about another hundred bucks a fan. And I should have done it. I, I'm regretting so it you, now. You would have only been down $200. I know. That's, or a or, or hundred if you just did two rooms. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have done it in the bedroom. Cause that's, just for me, yeah. <laughs> bugger me. You could, you could have just freaked your missus out. <laughs> turn the fan on and off when she's in there. <laughs> turn, turn the light on and off, like make it blink. Yeah. That would have been funny. Yeah, but like that would have been the only other thing that I could have done. And I mean, there might be some sort of way that I can override that with the controller or something. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't looked too much into the fans on that side of things, but but yeah, no, it's a, it's a great little... um. We've probably waffled on probably almost every episode about this Creek Connect stuff. Oh, like, you know what, though? Like, it's worth I, it, though. I thought it was it's good so before, good. but after learning a lot of this automation stuff to it and, like, actually spending, you know, like a good few hours just playing around with it the other day because I had the time to after my Pfizer jab. And yeah. I was feeling pretty crappy, so I may as well made use of my time. <laughs> um, it knocked you out. It knocked you for six, didn't it? Yeah, dude. I was, like, I was walking out of the jab center and I already had the headache. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it happened to me the first time as well. Like, it was just like, yeah. started getting light sensitive and a bit migrainey and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't I don't sleep during the day, like ever. And I, I was asleep at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I was, yeah. yeah, I was out. See, I had mine. I didn't even get like nothing, nothing the, the next day or anything. But my wife, the next day, she was like, she had like a fever. She had headaches. Like she was ready to go to the hospital. Her headache was that bad. Yeah. She's never had a headache that bad in her life. She basically slept the whole day. Yeah. So we got it on the Saturday. Sunday, she pretty much slept from, I think she started feeling sick about one o'clock in the morning or maybe 12 o'clock at night. And then, yeah, she was probably come good at about four or five o'clock on the other. That's rough. So I wasn't quite yeah. that bad, but I was. I was damn grumpy and I, I did wake up with a bit of a kind of felt like a bit of fevery and stuff like that. Like I was, yeah, not great. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't get a thing. I was kind of lucky, I think. <laughs> it's kind of good though because we both got it at the same time. We didn't, like I, she goes, I didn't know you'd get that sick, but I was prepared to get sick. Yeah. But like, you know, we've got the kids obviously. So I would have just, if you, you know, because she's got a, like an autoimmune disease. So, she would have just, like, I was prepared for her to be sick as well as me. I was just going to, you know, look after the kids and that and just cop it on the chin. But, yeah, it did nothing. Yeah, that's lucky. So, yeah, definitely was. I, I had a little bit of a headache probably the next day after and the day after that, but I don't know whether that was just I wasn't drinking enough water or something like that or I didn't sleep enough. But, yeah, that was, that was it. Yeah, a little bit different then. Hmm. Oh, very lucky. All right, um. Yeah. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, you can't probably. But I set up that enclosure that you gave me. The, oh, yeah. The yep. 90 by 60. Exoterra. Exoterra. It's, yep. it's only super basic for now, but it's actually got a trio of Gil and I in there now. 
I've just done an yep. introduction of a male to those two females that are on breeding loan. Yep. So, like typical Gil and I, they're all in the trees. You can't see them. <laughs> hiding. Yep. But, uh, you yeah, know, we'll see how they go in there. It'll be pretty cool if they ended up end up getting some eggs out of those guys as well. So, I've got three females on the go this year, I think. Three females or three? Three females. Yep. Um, potentially four. Wow. So see how we go. Just one's a little bit small and I don't really want to push her. That's fair enough. Yeah. But no, hope, hope, and hopefully this little guy's a weapon. Fingers crossed. Bit of new blood too, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the females aren't mine, so that'll definitely yeah. be... That'll definitely be new blood for me regardless. Um, but the male is one of my males from my original pair uh, yep. just because he's probably the only one big enough up to the task because these girls are like tanks compared to him. <laughs> They're so big. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's uh, pretty cool to kind of see like that enclosure come about. I will end up doing a big background and stuff in there eventually, but I just thought I just needed to slap this together. Get some dirt in there, get, get some branches there. and stuff like that, get it happening. I did I yep. blacked out the background on it though. That was the only thing that I really did. Take on two through, yeah. Just so I couldn't see the cables. But, yeah. But um yeah, you sent me some pictures of your female green tree python doing some weird things that could look a bit promising. I have no idea what's going on with that snake. I got up yeah, so I sent Jason some photos the other day of her. Uh, down in the leaf litter and the, essentially all you could see was her eye poking out of the leaf litter. That was pretty cool. A cool shot. That was really cool. Yeah, I'll have to put it up on Instagram at some stage. Um, but other than that, like, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday she spent the whole day in the leaf litter again. She was completely, like, could not even see her at all. I had to go searching for her to make sure she was in there. And I thought, oh, maybe maybe she's laying eggs. I'm not 100% sure. So I had to kind of sneak my phone in there with the camera on and stuff like that to see if I could see anything. Nothing. Tonight she's on the branch. So <laughs> I have no idea what I'm expecting. She refused food too, didn't she? Yeah, hasn't eaten whatsoever. So it's it's I've never so she's never refused food. She's never gone to ground on me. The little guy, he's like gone and sat on the ground for shits and giggles. Multiple times. Yeah. So for him to do that, completely. My mum used to do the same. He'd sit in the the bottom corner of his enclosure, like regularly. Yeah. You know, and back then I was like, you know, you read stuff on the forums and like, oh, if you grow tree pythons on the ground, it's sick and this and that. Obviously, that was wrong, but um. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, it's six. And now she's back up on the birch. Yeah, and I, at some stage I was like, the last week or so, I was able to run my hand over as well, and I couldn't feel any eggs. But she'd not long shed either, so I don't – I've got no idea, man. But, like, yep. it's just too weird. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that something's going on in her to to trigger what she's doing because that's just completely out of the ordinary for her. So, yeah, I don't know. If I get eggs, I get eggs. But it's it's okay, interesting. Don't don't. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it, – it's good to see her doing something different, <laughs> which is kind of half the fun, I think. Has she shed recently? Yeah, so she shared, I'm going to say between about a, I should have marked it down. I'm an idiot because I didn't, but it was about yeah. a week and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. So I should probably, that's interesting. I should probably consult my library 
and see if I've got a book on green tree pythons or several. I've got several. <laughs> if you want me to consult one of mine. <laughs> I've got Justin. Have you got the new one? Justin Jewelender's one? That one? Right in your hand. Right, there mate. you go. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. All over it like a fat kid on Terry a Terry Phillips. Yep. That's a good book, that one. Terry Phillips. I don't think I've got Terry Phillips's one. i got Greg Maxwell. That's in your hand. Isn't it in your hand? Terry oh, Phillips and Justin yeah, Jewelender? Sorry, with, with Justin. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Then I got... Yeah, because Greg Maxwell's got the two. Yeah, I got, I've just got the the more complete conjure. I don't have the yeah. old one. Um, but yeah, I want, actually meant to do that the other day. I was just read up on that gestation period. So, anyway, I'll do that after the show, so I'm not reading a book. Yeah. I need to start reading a little bit more, I think. I haven't had much time. I've been going deep diving on YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> so Getting on the frog, no, frog terrariums. Yeah, there's not, I don't know. There's something about frogs. I don't know. I never. Yeah, they're growing on me. I've always loved them, but but yeah, you're getting the um the missus are keen to do a big enclosure inside once we do the reno. Yep. So just for frogs, but I'm like, just be prepared that if you have frogs inside, they're going to be noisy. Yep. So we'll see how once these guys start going on a bit. That's what she says, but um, she just wants some, you know, big green tree frogs or something like that. But um, something large, yeah, easy to be seen. Yeah, nice display, display tank inside. So you know, I've already got like some. I'm, I'm already like thinking of large enclosure. We do a ninety ninety exoterra and this and that. Nah, go big. Do something custom. Do something cool. I thought of that, but then I was like, the off the shelf's kind of handy. Otherwise, I have to get the whole glass. Oh, probably because it's not that expensive, actually. It would probably be no. cheaper than buying the Exoterra. Yeah. It honestly probably would be, and you could do something custom to your size. Like, think about it. You could make something that's one and a half meters by 90 centimeters tall, and you could yeah, still do deeper. Yeah. And you could still do nice doors on the front of it and stuff. I know you love your swing doors and that. Like it's. Yeah. I hate sliding doors. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with frogs. Oh, yeah. And geckos and stuff. Like sliding doors. Snakes is not too bad. But, you know, with fast geckos that can climb glass, there's nothing worse than sliding doors. That's half the reason and why sand. I like it with the gill and I and stuff is you got that door there to just defend in case somebody comes out yeah. in a food mode. But, yeah. No, I reckon go custom, do something good. Like, it, you know, silicon's not that hard to put together with glass. No, that's right. You know. But, I mean, it's not that expensive really to get them made, though, I don't think, from a fish tank place as well. I mean, it does depend. I could always just do it myself. Yeah. You're- but it's the same. You price up a 90 by 90 Exoterra brand new. Well, yeah, they're in that sort of seven yeah. to $800 realm. That's, exactly. That's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and because the tank doesn't physically need to hold a full tank of water, you know, no. like even an aquarium place could put together a box for you out of thinner glass. Like obviously you might want yep. a water area down the bottom, but that's going to yeah. be your only pressure point really. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That sounds up the go, I think. Yeah, do something nice. Yeah, so I've already got it kind of worked into where I'd have it. So because we're going to do like a dual story, like a living room underneath, bedroom up top. Stairs underneath will be bookshelves. Basically, the whole underneath the stairs will be a bookshelf, and then in the middle will just be a nice big tank. Oh, cool! So, could even be a green tree python tank too. So, 
can make it really natural and put the frogs in with the green tree python. <laughs> Get some white lips. I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. No. But, yeah, so we'll see how we go. Put a divider down the middle of it. Glass divider. Mm. Do your greens on one side and Could have do. your frogs on the other? That'd be pretty big then. Yeah, well, go big or go home. <laughs> Put it to the people. We'll see. Let's see. Let's see what uh, everybody wants you to do. Should let us all know via our Facebook page or our Instagram page. What do you reckon Jay should do with the custom enclosure? It'll be get scrubbies and just have a dedicated room or something along those lines. Yeah, well, I mean, if we're talking like, you know, you want it to be a nice centerpiece of your house, gigantic scrub yeah. python sitting on a branch probably isn't the go. <laughs> not terrorizing right. your kids, but something nice yeah. and green to look at, you know, full of plants. Yeah, it'd look unreal, I reckon. That's the plan anyway. So that'd be cool. I would, yeah. I, I kind of wish that I did have a lot of my frogs still, but that just would have killed me in here. They would have oh, killed me. Man, yeah. Have you had complaints yet about your frogs now? <laughs> not yet. Frogs isn't the problem, the frog. It's one frog. It's oh, the frog. The frog. Yeah. It's, it's one, like I've got the four frogs, but only one of them calls. So yeah. I think I've only got the one. Blade. So you're thinking it's one male? Yeah. 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 Every now and then I get a glim- glimmer that I think there might be two boys in there, but yeah, I really think it's only the one. And more often than not, I can still hear him with my th- door shut to this room and then through into the bedroom with our door shut. You can still hear him every now and then. So. He's not too bad, though. He calls of like an, an early evening, an early morning, and that's about it. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad then. Yeah. And I told you that we had a rooster in here. Yeah. What's the curve with that? I have no idea. It's still? I haven't, or just the one off? I haven't heard it again, but I've heard it I heard it for like a week straight, basically. But yeah, so, yeah somebody right. in the apartment block had a rooster. But... Sounds right. This bloke with frogs, I'll get him back. I'll get a fucking rooster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, jokes on him. But, he hasn't heard my cockatoo yet. That's right. You haven't heard birds out there yet, have you? Not yet. Yeah, they're they're last to come up. Once the uh, once the wife's got all their clothes here, then we'll bring the birds up. We're actually we're waiting on the IKEA order for that because that's actually got a, a piece of furniture that we want to stick the bird cage on. Yeah, fair enough. So once that's here, that's here. But that's not too hard. We'll see how we go. They staying inside or outside? Oh, inside. I think the yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets pretty windy here, hey. Yeah, you're kind of high up there. Yeah, it honestly, it's pretty windy, and that um, there's a bit of like a tunnel essentially next to us, just where the kind of the air gets furrowed down, and that's that side of that courtyard there gets pretty bloody blowy. I was trying to make your back yeah. background out there, and it wasn't working for me. <laughs> I should but what's that? I was gonna say I should hopefully get a, a coat of tile pointing on that this weekend actually for the first time. Ah, that's all right. There's no hurry for it at the moment. So. I also wanted to wait to see if I could find one of my tools. Um I found it and I've got it up here ready to use it, but I, I found a heat gun. Yep. So I just want to kind of give it a bit of a black with the heat gun just to see if I can make some more interesting shapes and stuff like that and kind of natural it up. <laughs> Look at that. Man, is where'd you on demand? <laughs> Did you get that out of a kid's toy store? It's a bright blue color. It's a, um, it's a Bunnings Bunnings special. Oh yeah, well, I mean, if it turns on and makes heat, 
XU one. It's really hot. Yeah, it's a like a twenty dollars Bunnings one. Yeah, well, that's all it is, right? It's just charging your electricity out of the wall at a thousand watts an hour or whatever it is. Pretty much. Yeah. Don't stick that in your grid connect. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a thousand watts, actually. Yeah, I think it was like a twenty dollars special from Bunnings. Two thousand watt. Yeah, definitely don't see that in your grid connect. <laughs> yeah, no, that. I mean, it's a good thing you don't need a hairdryer, mate. You could use that. You'd be dry in a <laughs> minute. Right, mate, that's what happened. I did use it melted all my hair off. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's just pretty funny how it's sitting there. But um, no, that's a good little heat gun for 20 bucks. I think I'm pretty sure it was 20 bucks. Especially if it's a – I used that when I did the um, Boyd's enclosure just to tighten up the foam a little bit in some of the areas. So It's crazy how rigid it makes it, hey? Oh, it's like you could almost just paint it, like realistically, like almost just paint it, and it's like solid. Yeah, I wouldn't, but yeah, you almost could. Yeah, but I don't, know, I don't think building backgrounds is kind of my forte. <laughs> oh, like I don't get me wrong, it is. I just don't have the time. That's more so what it is. I tell you what, I've got after I moved those gillens into that enclosure. Obviously, I took down two of those forty-five, forty-five, sixty tools, and yep. one of them. I actually siliconed a foam background into the back of it. Yeah. And half the reason was is because the actual tank itself, I got it for free because it had a crack down the whole back of it. So I just siliconed the crack, kind of taped it, and then siliconed this background flat onto it. And, like, the silicon job is, like, I'm never getting this background that's foam off this thing. And I'm like, I'm going to just completely jason this and just paint tile pointing straight over the top of it and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> It turns out all right on those Exoterra backgrounds, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, and that's what I thought. I was like, you know, that actually doesn't look half bad considering what it's gone from to what it is now. Yeah. Like it's more than worthwhile, I reckon. Mind you, I didn't end up using them, but. <laughs> that's right, because you went to all that effort and then you went and bought Universal Rock backgrounds. That's right. Made a trip to Kellyville Pets, walked in. I wasn't planning on it. I literally was going to pick up another Exoterra background because I, for some reason I broke one of the other ones. So I was like, I'll just go grab another one. Like I'm working around the corner, ducked in to get some crickets and stuff on the way home from the pet shop and a couple of other bits and pieces for the, like the bird and stuff. And I was like, oh, they've got Universal Rock backgrounds. They had like a stack of them. So I was like, oh, I'll grab two. <laughs> so, no, I do like the shape of those Universal Rock ones, though. They're, they're a nice background for what they are. Like, Yeah, and they fit really good, well, like really good. There's no effort involved whatsoever. You just take them out of the plastic no. and put them straight into those enclosures and they're just nice and snug. It's very much me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you really wanted to, you could probably just put like a couple of little dabs of silicon at the top just to pinch it in, but you don't even need yeah. it really. No, you could even if you really wanted to, you could paint it a different color as well. Oh, hundred percent. Um, you know, I, I think that actually look pretty good that color. So, yeah, I mean, once it's all decked out with plants and that, you're only going to see little little pieces of it anyway. That's right. But um, but yeah. Have you? New- Hopefully, I get those knocked up pretty soon. Have you had any more books come in the mail yet? I did. Was it last week or maybe the week before? Yep. I think it was. I had a couple more of those um, A Naturalist Guide books. I got a couple off Scott. Oh, you're showing me photos of those. 
Yeah. So just a couple of like I haven't delved into overseas reptiles books yet, but um, I've got a few of reptiles of Bali, I think, reptiles of India, um, a couple of bits and pieces like that. Oh, nice. And I also got another – I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was now. I think it, it was a Danny Brown. I think it might have been the Skink book. I got another one of those, I believe it was. That's, but, um, that's one book that I haven't read enough of, I think, is the Skink one. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the other ones I've flicked through quite a lot, but I'm kind of – at the moment, I was actually thinking about it the other day. I saw a few guys popping out skinks on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I should get some small skinks. I'm like, no, Luke, you've got enough fucking shit here. <laughs> it's just You've got some you don't see. Yeah, well, that's half the reason. I can just get rid of those ones. <laughs> Might have to get it back off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just it. Oh, yeah. But then I realised I don't have the turtle book in that series for some reason. I thought I had it, but I don't. So That's not a bad book, that one. I mean, it's pretty universal yeah. amongst the care of the turtles mm. in there. I think that's one thing that I found was kind of a little bit of a... a uh, I won't say a downfall, but it just kind of didn't delve enough into different species because they are pretty similar in care in that sense. But yeah, yeah, I kind of I found that lacking a little bit. But it is a nice. Little the same book. could be said for the Python book, though, too. Like yeah, or the frogs. Yeah, like it's kind of just a bit of a cookie cookie cutter attitude, I think, on a few few of those sorts of things. But realistically, that's kind of you know keeping them is kind of the same for the majority of things anyway. It is, it is. The same could be said for the geckos as well, maybe with a few variations to different types of leaf tails and stuff like that. But Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, I suppose I suppose like geckos as a whole, there's a lot more geckos varieties as such. Yeah. So I think that's where that kind of comes into play. I'm just trying to see which ones I've actually got. Geckos, monitors, pythons, skinks, turtles, frogs. That's almost all of them, isn't it? Uh, I think that is geckos. Was it geckos? Monitors, pythons, pythons, skinks, turtles, skinks. frogs. No, I need dragons and dragons. The elapid one and the health and disease and, health and the elapid disease. one. Yeah, health and disease. You can still get brand new online. Okay, I think Kellyville pets have a few in stock. Yeah, I'm not driving that far west. They deliver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> postage. Yeah, true. But um, I mean, it's I had a I've had a read of that one. It's it's not too bad. You know, it gives you the basic idea of a couple of things yeah. in that book. But um, I mean, it's always handy to have, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I just love books. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yep. Dangerous. <clears throat> well, actually, Your book collection's grown since you've been talking to me, though. <laughs> bloody oath it has. I've got a few here for you as well. Oh, awesome. I actually ended up scoring. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. So my mother-in-law turns around to me and goes, oh, you didn't take all of the books, all of your books out of the bookshelf. You had these two, like, over in this corner over here. And I'm like, I don't remember having any in that particular spot in the bookshelf. They've got, like, this monster wall library type thing. Like, it's, like, six, seven metres long. Like, it's massive. And, um, yeah, she's like, oh, you left these these books over here. And I'm like, well, I know that I definitely had the What Lizard Is That book. 
um, by Jerry Swan and Steve Wilson. But then I didn't recognize one of the books that she handed me. And yeah, it's just said Snakes of the World by Chris Matheson. And um, anyway, came up here. I'm like, okay, maybe it is my book. Maybe I bought it, whatever. I don't remember it. Came up here and turns out now I have two copies of the What Lizard Is That book. So one copy must be theirs. And now I've got a Snakes of the World book as well. So <laughs> I actually don't have that book. That What Lizard Is That. Well, it's a good book. I've got two copies of it now. So there you go. Maybe we'll have to do a trade. I've got a coggle for you. So I think that's a fair trade. <laughs> it's an older one. But um, I've still got to get a few of them. That's probably my next thing. I think I'll track down a few of Just to try to collect this Yeah. Obviously, got to get, reach out to Matt and organize that other book that we've spoken about. But um, Oh, yes, that one. Yeah, I'll definitely get that one. But, um, yeah, the next after that will be some coggers, I think, the rest of the coggers that I don't have. It's just so good flicking through the older books, the older coggers, and, um, you know, seeing all the different history, all the updates of species and this and that. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's something about books. I just love love reading books. Yeah. Expand your knowledge a bit as well, you know. It's, I mean, you can troll through so many internet articles and this and that. Like Google Scholars is good because you can read all the papers and stuff, but at the same time, you know, you get a good book. There's nothing better, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. It's always good to be able to sit down and actually – I just like the smell of a book. I like the feel in my hand. Yeah, same here. Kind of winds you down a bit as well, like sitting on your phone before you go to bed. Like I find I go to bed and I lay in bed for half an hour, 40 minutes and don't fall asleep. Yeah. But if I read a book, I'll go to bed and just basically fall asleep within 10 minutes. So, Especially if it's reading uh, some like dry taxonomy or something like that, you know, they can always help you get asleep. Yeah, exactly. I mean... You know, it's the best way to learn, though, too. I find if I read before I go to bed, I'll learn a lot more than if I read other times during the day for some weird reason. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, nah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, one of those things. But it's good to see a lot of people collecting books now, though, I think. I've had a few messages about different books and this and that. People asking about books and stuff. I mean, I don't really know. There's, like, there's guys out there that, know a lot more about the books than I do, but, yeah. It's always good. Now, you, you know, this is what's happened is you've put yourself out there, mate. You know, you've become the the book guy. <laughs> but that's a good thing about the um, couple of the Facebook groups and that. Like, that's how I know about the, the rest of the coggers I need. I've, I've saved a post that's got, um, I think, it, I can't remember who put the post up. It's basically they've taken a picture of all of the, the cogger covers then the first page, it was Jason Sulder. Basically, the first page of the book that tells you the when it was um, printed. So basically, it's like a list of basically all the coggers yeah. of when they are, and then like all the dates and everything else. I can't, you can't really say it. it's a bit. I bit can kind of say it. Yeah. So on like next to it, he's kind of got the date. You can't see it's a bit shit. But he's got the date of when it was printed. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the, I think it's the third page in. So you can see the different editions and stuff like that. So I've got like a, a list of ones that I need to get now. So that'll be the next next one. That's pretty cool. They'll basically fill up that whole shelf there once I've got them. Because so you can see these books here. 
like I said, it's basically cogs from there all the way to there. And I'm missing a bunch. That'll fill up that shelf and more. Wow. So, yeah. Getting right into it. Yep. Just love books. Love books. So, anyway. Anyway. So, um, you got plans to upgrade some enclosures soon, mate? Uh, I hear. I've got too many plans and not enough time and money. I think that's the problem. (laughs) Tell me about it. Like I've been stinging to do a um, a big build on my diamond pythons that I think I'm going to have to put off for probably about another year, essentially, because I yep. want to want to do like a full sandstone ledge background in their their enclosure. But I think before I get stuck into that one, I want to redo my Kimberley Rock Monitor enclosure, um, yeah, and my Frill Neck enclosure. I think they're probably the first two to to get a bit of an overhaul in in herp room number one um and the kimbo should be pretty easy because i think all i want to do is i essentially just want to repaint i got the permission to from cam i want to repaint the background in it yeah and i want to repaint like a whole bunch of rocks that i've got um already to suit that sort of style like i just want to kind of make it all nice and uniform um and i i went out and as i I think we talked about in the past. I went out and got a whole bunch of nice, nice kind of timber and stuff like that for that enclosure as well. And yep. I, I think I'm going to follow suit with Matt's Matt's Kimberley Rock Monitor enclosure. He said that his his ficus pamela is doing really well in that enclosure. Ah, so I actually want yep. to give that a crack just to add a little pop of greenery in there as well, just to see if that see if that goes. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. And um, I. I I don't know. I, I just want to hit it like really hard with like those deep dark reds, like you yeah. know, like where it's almost like that kind of crazy deep reddish purple, black. You know, like that kind of real rock. Yeah, that Kimberly, like that deep rich red Kimberly rock. Yeah, and almost like I, I kind of like how Matt's enclosures almost look like it's in it's the like sh- a purple tinge. It almost looks like it's in the shadow of a gorge almost, if that yeah. makes sense. Like it's like on a cool side of a gorge or something like that maybe. Because but... he posted up a story the other day. I think it had his Philosopoda. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm pretty sure it was in his story, I think. But, yeah, like the color of those those backgrounds is unreal. Yeah, well, that's – Yeah, it must have been his story. That's given me a lot of inspiration like seeing those enclosures that he pretty much nailed exactly what I want him to do to, to the enclosure that's right beside me, actually. It's currently got my northern northern velvets in it, but that's going to be housing a young pair of Felicipoda from none other than Rick Worthy himself shortly once this lockdown's kind of finished and I've got my finger pulled out and I can start on the background. Um, yep. But they're going to take pride and centre right next to the podcast desk, so... Beautiful. They're stunning, those geckos. I do miss them. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like that's a species that I never thought I'd have the opportunity to keep. And then yeah. when Rick kind of put the offer that he did on the table, I was just like, oh, I'm not going to pass that up. That's that's something that's just too good to be true, essentially. And yeah, I want to do them something really nice. I want to give them, you know, a, a fair whack of space for some young geckos. But at the same time, I want to. I don't know. I just want to try to make it as real as I can. Yeah. Um, 
Are they hatchlings as well, obviously? Uh, Knowing Rick, they would be well-established hatchlings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't really sell things that are small. Yeah, whenever I've gotten young geckos off him, they've always been decent-sized. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of of having the kind of facility that he does is, you know, he's got the numbers there that he can, you know, kind of have other things that he's raising up that are smaller and get these other things out there and know that they're going to be solid and not be a problem for him. So. He does really well with a lot of those obscure species as well. So, oh, yeah, he's got the what Jamata or whatever now as well. Yeah, I think he's bred those. And what was the other one that he bred that was like really bizarre? We were talking about it not too long ago. It's a, it's a, um, Spires. Yeah, yep, 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 yeah, yeah. You don't see those getting around at all. No, you see the odd ones pop out here and there probably, I'd say, about six or seven years ago. But um, other than that, yeah, they kind of just went quiet for a while. Obviously, people don't post as well, so that's the other thing. But, yeah, but yeah, no, he's done pretty well with them, I think. So It's pretty pretty cool to see what he's able to accomplish. It's just amazing, really, to consider that that's essentially one guy just doing this all and just nailing it. Yeah. yeah. I know he's got a little bit of help, um, like he's got a helping hand that comes in and helps clean and stuff like that for him. But yeah. other than that, like it's it's very impressive, very very impressive. Um, but yeah, no. Apart from that, I really want to actually upgrade the frill neck enclosure because after kind yep. of tearing it down and and putting it back together, I'm like, oh, you know what? Like as much as like the corrugated iron background and this thing's pretty cool, I actually just want to do something a little bit more <laughs> natural than that. Like I think it's just yeah. It's irking me a little bit to say that, you know, I just want to do something a bit different. And I've, I'm on the hunt for branches in particular for it to start. And I want to get like three or four, at least three, like dead straight covered in bark branches. Because like when you're, when you're up in the top end, like everywhere, it's just like these perfectly straight trees. Like when you're going through all that sort of like scrubby country and stuff up there. Mm. Um, and you know, that's what they're kind of clinging to whenever you see them in videos and stuff like that or photos or whatever, you just see them on these perfectly dead straight poles of trees and I want to get them and I want to actually run them floor to ceiling in the enclosure too, just, and they, you know, they're not just kind of like cut off halfway or whatever like that. And yeah, you know, if he wants to climb right up into the depths of the enclosure, then he can do that, you know? So and I, I'm tossing up with the idea as well. You know how you see people, they actually almost put like a photo on the back wall of their terrariums? Yep. Like a, like a habitat shot? Like a picture of the habitat, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of tossing up whether I should print out or whether my photos that I took when I was up in the NT are good enough to then print onto something big enough to wrap around in it. I don't know. How big is your enclosure? <laughs> it's four foot by four foot. It's massive. Yeah. Oh, you might do all right. What what camera did you use to take the pictures? Uh, I'm pretty sure I did one of the DSLRs. I don't know. Yeah, you might be all right because it's a that's a fair size um, image you're blowing up to. So it depends on to obviously your megapixels and everything else when you're blowing up. The image yeah. is that big, but but yeah, you might you might be all right because otherwise you might get a bit pixelated. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember which one I took it on. 
either way, like I, I, I I'm kind of going to think that it probably won't be good enough. But this, yeah. you know, just especially for a frilly too, like where they kind of come from, it just seems to be like never-ending forest. You know, like yeah, there's not exactly just a big rock behind them. So I don't know. Either that, or I'm kind of toying around with the idea of making like some sort of background that's like half half termite mound, half painting or something like that. Well, that'd be pretty cool. You know, just something that's a little bit little bit different. Yeah. Not half bad with a paintbrush, so it could probably work. Better than me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of paintbrushes, Rob's been getting into his enclosures lately. Have you seen that? Rob from Monster no. Monitors. He's started, no, I haven't actually. He started putting all his his boxes together and he's he's um throwing his his rob flare on it you know he, he quite often would actually paint the backgrounds into his enclosures like so not only does he do kind of like a rock scape in a lot of them but he actually does yeah. like a, you know kind of a bit of a sky scene some trees and stuff like that into there as well so that's that's been quite Maybe cool to I see did see a picture actually i think that kind of rings a bell um yeah, no, that's awesome. He's um because he was keeping a lot of stuff outside, wasn't he? As yeah. well, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing that he was doing. And then he was he's he was saying, I'm pretty sure he was saying on our podcast that he was going, you know what, I'm going to bring a whole bunch of it inside now, just so he yeah. can control it a little bit better. Yeah. So oh, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, I just saw a picture then. Hmm. Well, it looks unreal. He's even done the the rocks and. The one I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of like, he blends it together really well. And that's something that I noticed in his enclosures down in Sydney that he had, yeah. had kind of like still painted parts of the walls. But then, yeah, as you said, blended the rock in with it as well. So, yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. I'm definitely not the best with the paintbrush. So <laughs> he's a talented man. You have to give yeah. it to him. No, I but, definitely uh, love. I love. I tell you what, I wish we could keep some of those um, Pilbara rock monitors. Mm, yeah, they're stunning. Those things. Yeah, they are. They are. Maybe one day. Crackers. Maybe one day. Yeah, if we're lucky enough. You know, we don't have yeah. it too bad here in in New South no, Wales, but right. at the same time, Quite like it's just, yeah. Even the hammers. Yeah, they're probably my favourite. Like crazy red heads on them, hey? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But the Kimbo's are, like, beautiful in their own reserve, though. That, um, you know, the spots on the back and everything else. You can see where all the Aboriginal art come from. Oh, dude, Like, yeah. just looking at some of those. Any of the monitors have that sort of stuff all over yeah. them. Like, you talk about That's Ak- right. Aki's, Tristus, you know. Parenti's, everything. Yeah. It's everywhere on them. Everywhere. Yeah. That's um, that's crazy stuff. Actually, my my tristus, I've got one of my tristus is starting to become super super bold now, and then the other one's still scared shitless of me. <laughs> but one of them is actually still. How old are they now? They'd be oh. eight months or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. when did I get them? I got them pretty much in March when we had At the expo. expo. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they'd be probably coming up to about that sort of old. But yeah, yeah, funny little things. A very underrated monitor species, I reckon. I love those, love the Tristus group as yeah. a whole. 
Yeah, so do I actually. So do I. I think if um, I was going to keep something that I could, like, you know, if I wasn't going to get Kimbo's or something, I'd probably keep some Tristers or something like that. I love the dark forms. Yeah. Those real oh, black, something about black those forms. Blackheads. Mm. So, I don't uh, know. It's just a slippery slope when you start going down that kind of thing. <laughs> have you have you ever had monitors before? You had Gillens, didn't you? Had some Gillens, yeah, that was it. So... Well, Gillen's um, isn't a bad place to start, that's for sure. But no, that's saying, right. In saying that, like, yeah, I think if you got your hands on something like some Kimbo's or something, it would almost be all over for you. Yeah. I love the, the longer heads. Yeah. Like, I love the Gillen's, but I love the looks of the Kimbo's and the rock monitors and stuff like that. I just love something about the longer snouts and everything else that just kind of appeals to me. It's more of that monitor head that you, that you think of. Yeah. But I do like the Brevia Corda as well, but even though they're – like tiny, but um, I do like them as well. They're probably something I wouldn't mind one day. Is getting some Brevia Quarter. See, they've never done it for me. Really? Yeah, I, I just think it's the size purely. Like, you know, you can keep them in a really nice enclosure, and they're they're relatively small. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's that. I personally like. I think it's you know how you say like you like the the, the body shape essentially of some of the rock monitors. Like yep. for me, the brevi cord is just kind of like this really short, little stumpy, chunky thing, and yep. I'm like, that's maybe that should be a skink, you know? Like it's just like I don't know, my brain just doesn't compute it properly or something, and it just doesn't make yeah. sense for me to to see that as a monitor as such. Like I know it is, hmm. and, and all the rest of it, but yeah, I don't know. Not my. But you style don't see of much monitor. of them around much, really, either. No, no, the brevi corder. No, you don't see. Lots I know of Peter them. Birch had some, but yeah. Um, other than that, I'm not too sure who else works with them. I wonder how he is doing with them because, like, you know, you, you you see that he does have quite a few of them, but I I never yeah. see him come up for sale unless it's just kind of like a you know to your mates or whatever like that type thing. You know, obviously, I'd imagine they'd be one of those things you'd have a list and you know go through the list. So probably they'd be gone yeah, before exactly. they'd even made like advertisement. Yeah, you'd never have he had to. Kimbo's as well. Yeah. A while ago. He probably still does, but um, yeah. I need a female Kimbo. I need Kimbos in general. Yeah. <laughs> One day. i got a few other things I'd like to get before I get them. If I manage to, you know, hit the reptile gods on the nail this, this breeding season, then maybe I might be able to scrape together enough chump change to get another Kimbo. So yep. We'll see how we go. Snake money, as Eric and I like to call it. Snake money, yeah, it's lizard money here. Yeah. Um, snakes don't. My snakes don't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. It's just a little bit of promising yeah. action, but she kind of bluffed you tonight, though. But um, yeah, she sucks me know, out. The, the shed and the testing out the lay area and that's kind of who knows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, and I, I think she kind of got up just to get a bit warm. And it's just probably yep. gone gone down again. So, well, I don't know. I'll check after this anyway. Go and tuck her in. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, chances are tomorrow morning she'll probably be back in the leaf litter. Like it's like it's probably like six inches deep in like sphagnum mulch, yeah, we, mulch and leaf litter. I like I just, yeah, like I made it like seriously deep just so that she could feel super comfortable if she wanted to. Yeah, because you sent me the one pigeon. She was kind of on top of the leaf litter, and then you sent me another one, and you, was, you couldn't see her. Well, I thought I'd lost her. Yeah. 
Yeah, was, that was my problem. As I was like, just about shit myself. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. The door's fucking locked. You know, like, yeah, I had to go searching. But yeah, no, it's um, it's crazy what happens. Hey, like, yeah, it still weirds me out. Like, it's it's cool watching it though. And now I've actually set up. Oh, I should have. I could probably tell you right now. I could log into my Grid Connect camera and tell you whether she's done. on the perch or not. Here we so go. So you got the two cameras set up here, one in each room. One in each room. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely Andy. It's the way to do it, I reckon. Okay. I'll probably get one, I think, microbe on this weekend, play around with it and a couple of the other bits oh, of man. connect stuff. 45 bucks or whatever it's worth. Like, why not? Yeah. She's not on the perch. Oh, there you go. I don't Give think I can see her. Yeah. She might have just gone up to get a little bit of heat. I'm pretty sure I can see the little fella crawling around. Yep, that's definitely the little fella. But no, I can't see the big one, so there's hope still. Yeah. Maybe maybe she's gone back into the leaf litter. I love these things. How good is this? That's Technology. Yeah. Unreal. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's definitely come a long way. I'm just stoked to be getting back into stuff. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> well you've come a long ways from the garage that I was watching behind you, you know. At least now you've got plants, you got your bookshelf. Yeah. I'm looking you can't forward really to the enclosures. I'll probably no. stick them on this wall anyway. Over the next year. I'm gonna buy another one of these um racks. So I'll put the voids there and then I'll do the frogs on top of the voids until I get the other one yeah. set up and like I've got some other things kicking around that'll come together over time. So, we won't reveal those just yet, shall we? No, no, no. some enclosures coming together. So, yeah. Well, that's Exciting. something. That, something else that we've been talking to to Eric about is the fact of actually us doing some live video, essentially, while we actually yeah. do like the just you and me podcast as well. Yeah. So yeah, if we have guests, we'll obviously if they're comfortable, we'll do it. But if they just want to do the podcast, we'll just do the podcast. But on the audio, but you know, when it's just us, we might just jump on the live stream on YouTube so people can see my ugly mug. They've seen yours, so and have a jump in. I think they've got a live chat set up as well, I think, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, and you know, like, I think that's that's good because you know, you can kind of get that little bit of interaction and stuff with the audience as well. Yeah, which I think can can help definitely to some degree, but at the same time, you know, like, there's been a lot of well. There's definitely been a few people that have asked about us doing like a video version of this and this just might be a way to, to do that because obviously we talk about books, we talk about, you know, enclosures yeah, and stuff enclosures. like that and whatever else is going on. So it might be kind of Beer, easy. what we're drinking. <laughs> yeah. We didn't actually talk about what we were drinking tonight. I finished a whiskey and dry and I'm onto a beer. What have you had? If whiskey, then beer. Jeez, I usually go the other way, beer, then whiskey. I was worried about the ice and the whiskey, and I didn't want to get up halfway through a podcast and leave you hanging while I go and <laughs> yeah, pour a drink. Cool. So cool. <laughs> I'm on the bolters, on the XBAs. Oh, yeah. I haven't had those, hey? Oh, I love those. from my favorite beer, this one. I, I was going to say, I do see you have that quite a fair bit. Yeah, they're quite ex- the annoying thing is, though. You buy a carton, and it's only 16, 16 beers. In the carton, and it's like sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's one of those craft beers. I mean, they're one point five though. Each beer is one point five. So oh, okay. Get kinda, but yeah, you know, it's, that's the problem with a lot of these pale ales though. You, you, they don't come in six packs. They come in four packs. Yeah. And the four packs are like twenty something bucks. But it's a good beer though. But yeah, they're expensive. But um, I don't drink a crap load of beer. Not one of those guys that polishes off a carton a week or anything like that. So I kind of enjoy the beer that I drink. I try, I try not to drink too much personally, and I, I try to have yeah. like you know, if I am going to have a drink, I like I like I like sitting down and enjoying a drink while we're doing this. I think yeah, that's, quite that's fun. good. Yeah. Um. Other than that, like I might have one or two on a weekend or something like that, but it's, it's about as crazy as more I you then. <laughs> <laughs> I drink a lot of red wine though, so that's my other thing. You've got kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need so, the stress relief. Oh, tell me about it. Oh, my wife probably needs a little more than me because I'm kind of gone most of the day at work. But, but no, nah, I enjoy a glass of red with dinner. It's good. Actually, I've been having a few white wines lately. So I can't drink white wine. Oh, man. It's, it's really, yeah, I can't do it. I have a sip. I'm just, yeah. It's too tangy. Oh, as long as it doesn't come out of a bag. <laughs> That's the best white wine. <laughs> the old Guna Fortune. Guna Fortune. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Only in Australia. So let's explain Guna Fortune yep. just quickly before we wrap this Shamozalo yep. show up. So, so pretty much. Yeah. Oh, you can go. You go. No, no, you go. You go. Oh, so pretty much. Basically, back when I was oh, 18, 19, 20, maybe even 16, 17. But um, you'd go to a party. You'd have the old Hills Hoist clothesline. You'd go to the your local bottle and you'd buy, what were they, like five, ten bucks, I think, for a cask of wine? Pretty much. And it was like, a, was it a litre? No, nah, more than a that. A litre or 750. For a cask? A cask is like yeah. four or five litres, mate. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're talking about a box of too. wine. Yeah, a box of wine. And then basically. We'd, we used to, I don't know what we used to do, but we used to buy mix. We'd buy a couple of whites, a couple of reds. Oh, that's dangerous. And yeah, and then you'd peg them to the clothesline. So each side had uh, basically, uh, what do you call them? What are they called? Like when you take it out, what do you call the little foil bit? Goon bag. They've got a name. Goon bag, yeah, but I thought they had a name. But basically, you, you basically peg a goon bag on each side of the, of a, of the um, clothesline and use it all stand around the clothesline. And someone had spin the clothesline, and if it stopped, you'd had to basically just skull out of the goon bag. Yeah, if, it, if it's going, if it stopped in front of you, that is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you'd have like you wouldn't have four people because obviously you're always going to drink. But you know, if you only had two goon bags, you'd do four people or whatever. But you'd have a couple of people around the clothesline, and you just spin it. Oh man, they bring back memories. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you've had your big night and you drank all the goon, you could. Get that goon bag, fill it up with air, and then sleep on it as a pillow. Oh, that was half the fun. Yeah. I'll have to find this photo for you later of me with a goon bag. I've never seen a goon bag so big. It was honestly like a half a meter by half a meter. I don't know what was in it, but anyway, there's a random photo of me at two in the morning with this gigantic goon bag. Yeah, right. That's huge. <laughs> I don't, do they have goon bags? Overseas or anything like that? I'm not too sure. I don't know. Maybe our overseas listeners should let us know whether you've got uh, box wine overseas. I'm sure you would. You'd yeah. have to. 
Yeah, it's a big aluminium foil bag that's just filled with wine. And it's yeah. like, it's cheap. Cheap wine. Actually, in saying that, I had a really good Merlot once. <laughs> I used to live up in the Hunter Valley <laughs> and um, bought a cask wine. And it was probably one of the best Merlots I've ever had. Really? And it was only, it was cheap, but it was, yeah, it was delicious. Like, well, I still talk about it to this day. Like, I get wine delivered to the house. Like, I order like a box of it and it comes to the house. But yeah, it was actually a really good wine. Oh, it was only know. a cheapie. But, um, Oh, it doesn't have to be expensive to be good. Yeah. No, that's right. Aldi's got some good wines too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not half bad. Guna Fortune, hey? I haven't played that in a long time. (laughs) I don't plan to Uh, either. No. The hangover the next day after wine. Now, I'd struggle. Back then, different. But now, I have two, three glasses of wine. I wake up with a headache the next day. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. I got that. No more king of beers either. Nah, and you're a bit younger than me too, I think, are you? How old are you? 33. You said that like you were questioning yourself. Are you actually yeah, lying actually in your 36? Nah, I'm 88. I was born in 88. So yeah, I'm 30, 33. I'm 89. Not too far behind oh, yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. One year. Yeah. I thought you were a bit younger for some reason. Oh, it's just my great I think it's the hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're 32 there you go yeah I yeah. honestly like when it comes to age somebody asks me how old I am I yeah I don't keep track I've been telling everybody that I'm 32 for the last year because I thought I was 32 for the last year yeah I don't I don't even remember like I, age is nothing to me anymore right and my wife turns around and goes you, you know you're 32 next month you're not 32 yeah. yet I'm like oh okay <laughs> well near enough that's good enough 32 for another year you <laughs> <laughs> should just start talking in months yeah. Like, so how many months you are to your missus? <laughs> like they do with kids. That, that still weirds me out. It's not like it's their birthday every month. No. <laughs> All right. Well, we're completely off track here. Thanks for listening yep. to this shamozzle if you have gotten this far. <laughs> yeah. And let us know what sort of weird, weird cask wine stories and games you have overseas. That's always something that will be quite interesting to come into our inboxes. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we'd like to say thanks to Eric and Owen and the rest of the NPR crew for having us. And if you'd like to contact them, it's best to find them at moreliapythonradio.net and email them at info@moreliapythonradio.net. As far as contacting us on our social media platforms, you can email us at australianherpticulture at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Make sure to check out our Teespring store for podcast merch. The link is in the Facebook page. To see more of what Jason is doing, make sure to follow him on Facebook and Instagram at The Gecko Effect. Myself, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon. 